Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Woo! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Friday the 13th to you and yours. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently, 66 degrees, cloudy skies. We're looking at a mixture of clouds and sunshine today with a slight chance of a rain shower. But it should be absolutely terrific for the football game tonight over at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. We're looking at a high today of 81 and a low tonight overnight at 56 degrees. Second hour of the program is brought to you each and every day by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. 4,900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. They've been a part of the fabric of this city for years and years and years. So many uh, repeat buyers that go back to James Gaddis Jewelers because they're so satisfied with the jewelry that they had purchased uh, the first time around. And each Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis sports fact. Did you know MUS and Christian Brothers High School, who played tonight at Hull Dobbs on the campus of MUS, is the oldest football rivalry in Memphis and the 15th oldest in the country. It started back in 1894. Did you call that game? That was was before my time. Okay, 1894 at Citizens Park. Not Citizens Bank Park, where the Phillies play, but Citizens Park. MUS leads the all-time series, 33-27 and three ties. And John Varlis just told us on his way out, that in 1900, the game was stopped because of a brawl. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a big brawl, and then they didn't play for like I don't know 40, 50 years after. Like they wouldn't they um, they they, they, they stopped the series because of the the brawl. Wow, they stopped for that long. Yeah. Wow. It was I if John John Ganazzo knows all these stuff, and I've got it. He's got the, my I've got a book that explains all of it, but I don't have that here with me. It's at home, but yeah, he's. John Canazzo knows all about all that stuff, but yeah, it's um, yeah they they took a long break in the series. That's why it goes back to 1894, but they've only played 60 games or whatever it is. Yeah, 63 games. The brawl of 1900. Who would have thought that that would stop for that many years? That series, but that series is is going strong now. And again tonight they'll play over at MUS. James Gaddis Jewelers, your bridal engagement and anniversary jeweler headquarters, 4900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick, and on the web at Gaddis Jewelers. Com. couple of headlines in case you're just tuning in from last night. NFL week number six began with Kansas City beating Denver 19-8 in Kansas City. And yes, Taylor Swift was there. Chiefs now 5-1. Broncos now 1-5. Harrison Butker at four field goals. If you like field goals, you love that one. Russell Wilson, who has not been as bad as he was last year, still last night... <laughs> 13 of 22 for 95 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Denver could hardly get the ball past midfield. Meanwhile, they're they a disaster. They're, they're, and I want to get to that disaster in a second. Patrick Mahomes, 30 of 40, 306 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He's never lost to Denver. All right. How is it possible that Denver, under Hackett last year, Nathaniel Hackett, were better? Than they have been so far under Sean Payton this year. How's it even possible? I, I thought Payton was coming in. He was he came in fiery, did he not? I mean, he was saying, saying all the right things. They're gonna clean up this mess. They are worse than they were last year. 
Uh, and they were bad last year. Well, it's maybe it wasn't all on Hackett. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the players just aren't good. And maybe Russell Wilson is done. Like I said before last year when they gave him the terrible contract. He's just not. Russell Wilson isn't close to what Russell Wilson was. And now it's a fire sale, right? They're trying to, to, to dump Frank Clark. They've already gotten rid of Randy Gregory. Yeah. I. Uh, it wasn't for, for years when John Elway was running the show. He was criticized a lot. He's not with them anymore. He's not with this new ownership group, right? I don't know who's doing their player personnel now. I don't even know. I don't. I, I don't could know be who wrong. GM is. Yeah, I could I be know. wrong, but I think I don't think you have Elway to blame. And Elway had some good seasons. Obviously, had some good years with Denver. This is an absolute train wreck. An absolute train wreck. Um, the Grizzlies last night preseason game number three. They lost to the Hawks 103-102. That's their first loss in the preseason for what that's worth. Their next game will be Sunday at the Miami Heat. They did not play Derrick Rose, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. They did not play Jake LaRavia. They did not play John Conchar. They did not play Luke Kennard. Marcus Smart still hasn't played yet, and yet they still nearly won the game. Major League Baseball playoffs, National League Divisional Series, the Philadelphia Phillies over the Atlanta Braves 3-1. Sorry for all you uh, Braves fans out there. Actually, I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. You should be just so upset right now with a team that set almost all offensive records and the pitchers that they had to flame out the way they did. The way they did. Yet, I don't hate the Braves. I hate the Astros. So and you're they, telling their fans they should be just distraught, but yet you're not sorry. That's, that's nice of you. No, I'm not sorry that they lost because it's my team, the Phillies, that they lost too. So obviously, I'm, I'm very happy that the Phillies won. I'm just saying, with the Braves fans, you know, you started to get a little bit boisterous. You're not, you're not Phillies fans. Relax, okay? Do your chop. Stick with your chop. Don't thank, throw. Thank don't throw for them. Don't throw things on the field. We own that. Thank, That's thank, us. Thank God for them. They're not Phillies fans. My God, the Phillies fans were so good. They were so good. And now the Phillies will move on in the uh, NL Championship Series. They'll take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Meanwhile, the American League Championship Series is all set with the All-Texas Affair, the Astros, and the Texas Rangers. The Astros, unbelievably, in the American League Championship Series for the seventh straight year. Now, that's a team I despise. And from college football last night, a crazy finish. Houston over West Virginia, 41-39 to on an hail, a Hail Mary that was answered. Uh, to end the game, to give the Cougars the win, and maybe, just maybe, the game that saves Dana Holgerson's job and in the American Conference, SMU all over East Carolina, 31-10. to But tonight, it's all about the Memphis Tigers and the Tulane Green Wave. We have had Ryan Silverfield on this week. We've had the Tigers football report. We had uh, Corey Glore, the voice of Tulane. We have broken it down every which way but loose. Now, it's just a matter of playing the football game. But we would not mind having your final thoughts as you get ready for the game, whether you'll be at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium or whether you'll watch it nationally televised on ESPN. If you want to give us your thoughts on the game, you can call in or text in during this open segment, 901-360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. Or send us your thoughts on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website sportsmemphis.com. And the uh, at least the end of the game, I would expect to have very good ratings. Why the end of the game? Because they are the lead-in for Colorado. That's right. Colorado-Stanford play the game right after on ESPN, so I would assume, since Colorado is ratings gold, 
that uh, at least the end of the Memphis game will be getting very good ratings um, this evening on yeah, ESPN. Yeah, the uh, the game that Coach Prime is not happy with the start time, which makes no sense because you're going to have some of those late starts when you play in your new conference. It's going to happen. We'll have less than the new conference. Right, but you're still going to have – you could play Arizona. You could play Arizona State. I mean, you could play teams out west. Obviously, you're out west, but you're, you're not going to play just teams right there in the central portion of the country. So there are opportunities there. But, you know, no, they it, played a game at 10 a.m. this year. They, they kicked at 10 a.m. in week two at home. So I would much rather be kicking off at – what's that? That would be 8 p.m. local, I guess. Rather have it at 8 p.m. than to 10 a.m. I wonder what players would rather do. Would they rather be sitting around all day long waiting for that game, that anticipation, especially the road teams in the hotel, or would they rather just get up, get up early, have some breakfast, go through the final meetings, and then head on over to the ballpark and play the game? I know what I would rather have if I was a player. I'd rather play the early game so I could be done with it and have fun. So you would. You uh, Okay. <laughs> for your reasons. But I thought you were going to say the other thing. I thought you were going to say, because it seemed like you were leaning toward you'd rather play at night so you'd have some... Maybe more time to sleep in the morning. No, if I was a if I was a coach, I would not want the early game, and I I would say most players probably don't want the early game. But, but if you were a player, but if I would. was a player, I mean, first of all, I would just be sitting on the bench, wouldn't actually be playing. So I would just rather have the game over with by one o'clock in the afternoon, and I got the rest of my Saturday to go enjoy so myself. You're thinking, you're thinking about at, the party afterwards at, at eight o'clock at night. I got to. Now, Grant, this is a Friday night, so I guess they, I don't think if what they have to do on Saturday after a Friday night game, maybe if they get Saturday off, then, I mean, obviously, you're, that's, you know, this one wasn't going to be played early. But, you know, Friday, you're going to play the night game no matter what. And I, I mean, the other option tonight would be a five o'clock local time. I don't, I would, nobody would want that, I wouldn't think. No, but even Coach Prime has to, I mean, he, he's, he's a very intelligent guy. He, he's a very suave guy. He has to understand that the networks control everything. And they need teams and games for their time slots. Maybe he thinks his team's too good for that time slot. I don't understand. But you're going to play all different times, all different days of the week. It is what it is. That's why you have the group of fives, the Max, the Mac action, right? Fun Belt, um, Conference USA, American. You have a lot of games that you'll see on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and obviously Friday because it is what it is. They need uh, programming. And that's part of the deals that they sign, and that's why they're making the money that they are making from those broadcast partners. But tonight, again, it's it's rough to, in some degree, because it's a Friday night and there is some high school football, but there's not a lot of high school football, so that's the good thing. The city teams aren't playing, so hopefully those players and their coaches, and maybe they get together as a team and they purchase tickets, maybe discounted tickets to come to the game, the sales are going pretty well. I expect there to be probably about 35000 for the game. That's what I think. The, again, the weather looks to be great. It is a Friday, so people don't have to worry about work the next day or school the next day. You are going up against a little bit of high school football, but not that much. But we know the importance of this game. And to have that fan support is going to be awesome. You think about this series... Memphis, for whatever reason, and maybe it, maybe it is because of the home crowd. Maybe it's just because uh, they're comfortable, more comfortable at home, obviously, than, than being on the road. But they've won eight straight at home against Tulane. They haven't lost to Tulane since last century at home. 
They are 15 and 2 overall versus Tulane at home. Teams are different. Every year, the makeup of the team is different. So there's got to be some factor that is consistent. And it's not like they're great against every team at home on a consistent basis. It's just one of those things. We we had our meetings with with Coach Silverfield and you know things I can say and things I can't say. I could certainly say this. He said, I don't know what it is, but we seem to struggle when we go to Tulsa, when we go to Temple, even in New Orleans. Last year, they were down 35 nothing in the blink of an eye. But he said, for some reason, we play extremely well at home against Tulane. I don't know if that will continue tonight, but I like the chances that it will. But it's not because of the powers of um, football gods. It's just for whatever reason they get up for Tulane. They they feel really good about playing well, I mean, them at home. They've only lost what like four home games total under Silverfield. I think it is. No, and that's another thing. Yeah, the home and field just, advantage. Just generally, teams play better at home. They do, and they've done their fair share of damage against SEC schools, uh, in particular Ole Miss at at home. They've done well, but tonight it's a different beast. It's a different team. It's a team so far that I think has stepped up pretty well. They've had a lot of good moments. They've had at times struggles. I think they've really done well in, in, in changing directions on certain things. If, if it's not going the way they had game planned for, they are able to make adjustments and do the old switcheroo and come out on top. The slow starts, though, are mind-boggling, and I know they are to, to coach and, and the staff how they continue to get off the slow starts because they're fired up, they're ready to go, they run out of that locker room in front of that home crowd, and then boom, they're down 17-0 to Boise, or they're down the Navy. You really can't afford to get down to Tulane. Again, last year you made the comeback, you still lost by 10. You still lost the game. Uh, you get behind like that this year, it's Katie bar the door. Lights out. Drew texts in says, I don't feel good about this one. I'm worried about the Tigers' ability to run the ball. Yeah. I would. Uh, I, I agree with you, Drew. It's going to be. I just that the defensive front for Tulane is 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 good, really good. Um, if you're, and exp- I just wonder about the. I, I wonder about the Tigers' ability to run the ball, and if you can't run the ball, then I worry about their ability to protect Seth Hennigan when it gets into the throwing situations. Yes. Look, a lot of times you look at a football game and you go, "Well, who, whoever wins the trenches is going to win the war." Doesn't necessarily always mean that. Um, I don't know how they win in the trenches overall for 60 minutes against Tulane. They're going to give it their their damnedest. They're going to do the best they can. But I think it's going to take some special teams plays, some some big offensive plays on misdirection or or some reverses or things of that nature to get to the outside, to use your athleticism, to try to get to the edge and cut it up. I don't think you could just go between the tackles, even with Blake Watson as good as he is, and expect to be able to pound the football against this two-lane team. So therefore, again, I think it's going to take a little bit more than just saying, hey, let's go mano a mano against these guys. We'll physically beat them and we'll win the game because I think it's going to be hard to physically beat them. By the way, on a side note on that Colorado-Stanford game tonight, Mm-hmm. 11 and a half points just does not seem like enough. At Colorado, I'm surprised that line's not bigger. Colorado is an 11 and a half point favorite? Yes. Seems like it should be more than that. Is Hunter back for this game? Uh, Deion said there's a, what was this quote? He said there's a, he's got a 
very good chance of playing. I think it was something like that. It, it, a good chance, some some sort of good chance of playing. I don't know if that means he absolutely will. Um, and if he does, how much he'll play on either side of the ball, I don't know. But Dion earlier in the week, I think, called it a, a good chance at playing or a very good chance at, at playing this week. All right, when we come back, Laird Veach will join us, the Vice President and Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at the University of Memphis. When you're tailgating tonight, whether it be at the Tigers game, any of the high school football games, or maybe a get-together watching uh, college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. Anytime is a good time for Corky's Ribs and Barbecue. Was there yesterday with a buddy at the East Memphis location. Absolutely tremendous. I always tell you about those rolls they bring you. They are It's almost a meal in and of itself. The, the rolls are outstanding with a little of that butter on it. Man, oh man, they're good. And I'll tell you what, it was so nice walking in there. The employees, so welcoming. Just really, really nice people. Um, that I uh, ran into yesterday over at Corky. So you can dine in like I did. You can carry out, right, call and pick up your delivery, drive through, no contact, so you don't have to worry about that. You can have any of the services delivered to your home or office, and they will cater any event you got coming up. Again, you got a big tailgating event, have Corky's Cater. You can go over and get a third of a rack of ribs for just $6.99 when you purchase a entree, barbecue sandwich, pulled pork plate, maybe the award-winning catfish plate, again, $6.99. Uh, after you get the entree for a third of a rack of ribs. Party pack starting at just $7.49. Lunch specials every single day. And I was at the Poplar Avenue Memphis location. They have a location in Collierville, also on Poplar Avenue, Germantown Parkway in Cordova, and Goodman Road in Olive Branch. Ask about their private party room. You can reserve your time now by giving them a call at either the Cordova or the Olive Branch locations. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. It's game day in Memphis. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Friday the 13th to you. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. The world's biggest spa sale continues at Family Leisure, 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. It's the Tigers. It's the green wave of Tulane as they clash tonight at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And we are very pleased to be joined at this time by the Vice President and Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at the University of Memphis. He's Laird Veach, who you can follow on Twitter at Laird Veach. Laird, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Good, Greg. How are you? Man, I'm fantastic. I know you're fired up. Uh, I hope uh, everybody around the area is fired up. And I guess the first question to ask you is, as it looks like it's going to be beautiful weather, we know the importance of this game, how have the ticket sales gone so far? Uh, really good. We've had a, had a lot of lot of energy here over the last week. Uh, we are predicting our, our biggest crowd in, in quite some time. Of course, that all depends on you know, Tiger fans and, and the folks in Memphis, uh, you know, coming out and showing up. Uh, but but feel really good about the, the energy and, and what everybody's looking forward to. You know, just it, the, the, these kind of games just don't come along that often. Right. right? Where you have this, these kind of implications, national stage, playing the Cotton Bowl champions uh, from last year. So many implications for this year. 
Uh, it's just it's a it's a really big important game, and, it's, and we're making it as uh, as fun and accessible as possible for our fans. What are your feelings on these on Friday on playing the the Friday night games? Um, you know, I, I think uh, I, like many uh, many folks struggled with that um, when they when they first started coming out many years ago, just because you know I, I'm a high school football fan as well, and and then the, the traditional traditional nature of that. Uh, you know, but they happen so few uh, in terms of you know each individual you know town, city, etc. Maybe once a year, it, you know, it is a chance to get on national stage. Um, it is it is nice that this year for us, uh, many of our you know public schools at least are on fall break, so we're not uh, interrupting uh, near as many as we normally would. That was that was fortunate. Uh, and just anytime you have a chance to put you know our brand, our university, our city on a on a national stage like that, it's it's important. It's a big big uh, benefit that we we bring to this to this university in this city you guys have done an awful lot of good things that correlate with the game itself on game day the game day activities things again that uh, correlate as i mentioned with the actual game itself and tomorrow or tomorrow today it's going to be all about the the wrestling we saw that last year it was a it was a hit as you know laird so you guys have brought it back for another year starting at 4 30 there's going to be some professional wrestling going on it's just something that uh, has been a part of this city for so long i don't know if, if you knew the history of wrestling when you got the job here laird that you knew you were coming into a place that that really relishes that but here it is again and i'm sure it's going to be big today yeah, I did not not recognize the history of wrestling in Memphis until I moved here. Uh, but it, but it is there is nothing more Memphis than, than wrestling night. Um, like you said, four thirty Tiger Lane by the fountain. You know we have a lot of other things going on as well. We, we bought out the Toby Park uh, uh, parking lot, uh, so that can be available to free to, to fans for free for you know until obviously until they fill. You know we've, we've got a dinner special going, hot dog, soda, and chips for and a, or a cookie for for eight bucks. Uh, Jersey koozie giveaway. There's just, you know, we're, we're we are pulling out every every trick in the bag we can we can pull <laughs> yes. out to, to really encourage our people to come and and making it you know as as uh, accessible as possible from a from a cost standpoint. You get twenty bucks, we'll get you a ticket, get you in, um, and you can you know eat dinner cheap and have have great entertainment doing it. Wrestling and football and national TV and you know all of the above. So are you wrestling Lawler? <laughs> It, it, that many years ago, I probably would have had you know the the, the testosterone levels to, to at least attempt that, but it would have been stupid. So um, yeah, I, I'm at, I, I've I've gotten to the point now where I think my my wisdom hopefully outshines my you know my ego. So you're, no, I will definitely not be putting myself. You like you've been swinging a folding chair back in the day. You'd have been you'd have been all about that stuff, <laughs> Laird, going through tables yeah, and but, all the works. Laird in tights, yeah. Laird in tights. I don't know about that. Laird Beach. No, no, it would not be pretty. <laughs> Laird Beach joining us. He's the vice president and director of intercollegiate athletics at the University of Memphis. I, I, I haven't asked him. I haven't texted him. I haven't spoken to him. I would guess this is the type of game that the commissioner may show up. You know, he, he is not going to be. I actually talked to him uh, yesterday for a while uh, about a couple things. He's not going to be here oh. for, for this one. He, he and, and it really came down to he, he, he actually apologized because he wanted to be here, recognize how big a game it, it is. Uh, but he's doing uh, everything he can to get around to, you know, at least visiting all the new members this year, too. It felt like that was important. It's about the only way he could make the full schedule work. So he won't be here, but of course, this is best. So the, obviously the, the, the big question out there outside of this game continues to be the whole stadium situation, the city council officially accepting the $350 million from the state the other day. 
has there been progress made over the recent weeks? To Are we getting closer and closer to a resolution where you feel good about everything and getting started on time? Um, you know, I, I would say that, you know, that's a question you've got to ask the, 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 the mayor, the, the city folks. Um, and, and I do recognize, obviously, we're now in a, in a state of you know, transition at city leadership. Um, you know, there, there has been, I know, a lot of ongoing conversation, but that's a, that's a ball that's, that's ultimately in uh, their court. Um, you know, our, our job is just to encourage, keep, keep, keep the planning going. And I, and I will say from a design construction standpoint, all that continues to go well. Um, we just, we got to find a way to, to, you know, to push go and, and, and get this thing rolling. So, um, you know, that's, that's our focus is try to, you know, just keep the focus on that. And, and, you know, as I, as I explained to a few folks yesterday, um, the reason we have so much urgency, it, it is, you know, obviously it's a financial piece from a construction standpoint. Um, but a, a delay in even a month or two could mean, could mean that you, you we'd, delay it even further beyond not be able to get done for the 25 season, which means you have another season that is a partial stadium, um, which is obviously not good for fans um, or but financially uh, for, for us and for our partners, right? Liberty Bowl, other partners, Liberty Bowl, the classic and the folks that, that use that, use that venue. Um, or it means even a full year delay, right? So, uh, and then there's even further implications for that. So it's, um, it's a it's a complex thing. I, I recognize we recognize the challenge that's there, um, but as we've said since you know the president and I really came out and we're and we're strong with this that you know we are we are not presenting this as an either or scenario. We we feel like it needs to be both if we want to be a city that uh, is is proud of and capable of supporting an NBA franchise and a major conference programs uh with that's the kind of investments we need to be able to make and we need to make make both work and, and keep this moving forward i know that's easier said than done there's challenges there but we got to find a way uh collectively to roll up our sleeves everybody do their part and make it happen yeah i saw the quote and you just mentioned it again that you said about possibly the delay costing the university of memphis years of revenue have you had conversations with the construction people the people that are going to be doing the renovation and have they given you a time frame? Well, if you can't start January, whatever, and you don't start until May, then we're definitely going to be delayed. Or if it's one month, that would delay the pro- not delay the project. Do you, do you have a, a time period in mind through the construction people? We do not. And, you know, certainly we're, we're hoping not to have to get there. Right. right. Know, we, our, our, our focus is to keep, keep it moving forward. And, you know, that's what we're, we're, we're looking forward to. Um, and, you know, hopefully we don't have to have those discussions, but, you know, that, that could be a possibility if we're not able to, uh, push go in time. Are you dealing now with both the mayor and the mayor elect? Um, yeah, you know, we're starting to have conversations just in, with introductions, right. With the, with, uh, you know, the mayor elect, uh, Paul Young and, and, uh, he's actually going to be at our, our game tonight. He's going to be doing the honorary coin toss, which will be exciting. And it'll be able to spend time with them. And, and obviously he's got a lot to sort of get his get his head around um and and this isn't <laughs> the only thing so you know there's there's a transition period and and we'll continue to, to to work with um you know mayor strickland and his team as well as you know as introductions uh of the process to to get to know uh, paul young and make sure he understands everything but um you know recognize he's he's got a lot on his plate so our hope our hope is we can get this move forward um you know before that has to happen but we understand you know, there's there's a transition process there. So going back, and, and I, you kind of hit it. So if there, if it came down to it, and the project was delayed, and it was to a point where it wasn't going to be able to be done 
by that 25 season. Is there a possibility you would just push the whole thing back an entire year and not even start it till after next season? Um, you know, we would have to explore a, a lot of possibilities, I think, at that point. You know, we're, we're, again, we're hopeful we don't have to, but uh, there's there all those kind of factors would have to get on the table. All those options would have to get on the table and understand all the impacts. And, you know, honestly, ultimately, that's a that's a city decision because it's, it's their venue. But we uh, are we would have significant concerns with, you know, having another season that would be a uh, partial stadium um, and the and the impacts of that are. You know they're really significant. You know, multi million dollars from a from a, a financial standpoint. Sure, but it's but it's also you know just think about it, another season for the fans and yeah. and you know obviously attendance is down for us for all the other games that are there and that has an economic impact on the city and you know there's just a there's a ripple effect that is really significant. Laird Veach joining us, vice president and director of intercollegiate athletics at the University of Memphis. You can follow him on Twitter. At Laird Beach, we're in the midst of uh, a football season that's extremely important. But before too long, they'll be rolling out the basketball for the basketball seasons, and it looks like um, Penny and company, along with uh, your, your help, obviously, have put together a very challenging schedule. The expectations are high in this new reconfigured league, but I think uh, fans will be excited. You know, a lot of games that will be played non-conference-wise against big-time opponents are on the road, but you've got some big home games that will be coming up, and it looks like that will continue to be the, uh, I guess, the, the, the philosophy of scheduling in the future for Penny Hardaway. So I'm sure that has a lot of fans excited. Are we seeing that in box office sales as far as season tickets are concerned? Yeah, yeah, and particularly in, in, in recent weeks, that, that that's really picked up as well. Um, a lot of excitement, that anticipation around around basketball. Um, you look, obviously, we're coming off a conference tournament uh, championship. We've back-to-back NCAA tournament uh, appearances. Um, we got Vanderbilt, Clemson, Virginia at home, as well as you know, Final Four, Pittsburgh, FAU. Um, so it is a it's it. There's a lot of reasons why people are going to want to come out and see. Uh, what, what Penny has done, well, once again, is put together an incredibly talented roster, and you know I just really appreciate he's willing to you know play play anybody, uh, anybody and everybody <laughs> wherever that is, and you know that leads to exciting contests for for our fans, and you know we're we're making you know we're we're really trying to as you hopefully have all seen to really be creative and, and think outside the box, yep. meet fans where they are, and you know, we have of course the traditional season ticket, but now we've created this dynamic pass where. Uh, a fan can get um, for only 149 bucks. You basically get a seat for for every game. Now it's going to be at a different location. Some of those will be in the lower bowl for some games. Um, you get moved around, but you can come to every game for 149 bucks. So you got a three game pack uh, for 39 bucks, where you get a you know conference game and or two non two two conference games, one non conference game. So you know we know flexibility is the key. Now we're trying to trying to do that as well, and we'll continue to to be aggressive in that in that area also. In the overall landscape of everywhere in in college sports, um, is that the way a lot of schools are going is more of those smaller packs where because people just don't have the time maybe to go to every single game. So, you know, get that where they can get three or five games. Is is that kind of the, the trend you're seeing all over in college sports? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a trend you've seen in, in professional sports mm-hmm. and in other leagues uh, for several years now. I think you're starting to see it more and more at, at the college level. Of course, it depends on you know your your team, your program, where you're at. You know, there's there's places that are you know blue blood programs that are you know in a in a small college town that you know are still just packing the house the old traditional way. There's some that that um, really have to just drop the price dramatically for 
for to, to guest only kind of tickets. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we are in a in a in a bigger market, and we have you know incredibly um, you know strong and powerful brands, powerful programs that have a lot of value. So we kind of got to find a way to you know thread that needle in between, and and so there, therefore you, you come up with concepts like this. But uh, it's probably a long answer to your question of uh, yes, you're seeing it more and more, but it depends on the the place and the different scenarios and, and situations you have, and you got to be able to. You know, assess that, understand your market, uh, understand your brand, your value, and, and determine the, the best way to go about it. And then for tonight, Laird, for folks who haven't purchased their tickets yet, but they want to go to the game, maybe a last-second decision, would it be better for them to just purchase it at the box office at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium as opposed to going through Go Tigers Go? I'm not sure with everything electronic anymore. It's, it's pretty quick probably either way. It's probably it's quick either way. We're actually encouraging everybody to download our app because it, it, it genuinely is the easiest way to, to buy tickets, to continue to buy tickets. You download the app. You can just buy the tickets directly there. Then the, the, the tickets are really easy to download right into your phone, and then you're, you're going up. You can avoid the, the line uh, at the box office and just go right up to the um, you know, to the, to the gate to enter. So, um, you know, that's what I would encourage folks to do. You know, obviously you can go to Go Tigers Go. Com and, and get our tickets and, and buy them there. Um, or if you prefer to do it the old-fashioned way, you go to the box office as well. So we'll meet you wherever, uh, <laughs> wherever <laughs> Whatever it takes for you. Whatever it takes. <laughs> on, on, on a corner somewhere, Laird will meet you, and uh, you can purchase the tickets from him, all the big old trench coat on and everything. No, it's it, look, it's easy. it's easy to get these tickets, and I suggest you do, folks, because, again, everything's in position tonight to be an outstanding night. The weather looks to be great. you got two really good teams going at it for first in the American Conference, both at 4-1, and one. and wrestling night to top things off beginning at 4.30 with matches right there around the fountain there on Tiger Lane. It's going to be a spectacular night. Laird, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you tonight. He's the Vice President and Director of Intercollegiate Athletics at the University of Memphis. He's Laird Veach, who you can follow on Twitter at Laird Veach. Thank you, Laird. Thank you, guys. Huge game. See All you right. night. Thank See you. you tonight. Take care. What if they consider wrestling in the fountain? Somebody may be thrown in the fountain. That, that, would, be, that would make it a little more exciting. Yeah. They wrestled in the fountain. They may not start in the fountain, but they may end up in the fountain. So that may happen. See, last year they did it further out. They did. It was but this year they're moving halfway it up, down, there, yeah, up there. Yeah, Tiger Lane. That's, that's good. Yeah, I think so. The old fountain uh, match. No holes barred. Don't want to ruin the fountain, though. It's a beautiful fountain. It is a nice fountain. <laughs> One of the nicest fountains I've ever seen. It's uh, it's second to the the Friends Fountain on the the opening of Friends. No, the the, the finest fountain in the Isn't world. Isn't that Chicago? Is uh, well, the one married with children. The uh, that's that, that's yeah, that's, that's Chicago. Yeah. What's the one on Friends? Were they were they set in Chicago? No, I, that's New York. They're I didn't watch I didn't watch the show. I know the show. I know they open. I know the song. I know the I'm actors. Trying to think of, oh yeah, there is a fountain in that. Now, yeah, Bucky, yeah, they're, they're all playing in the fountain. Is the is, oh, that's beautiful. That's yeah. the that's the finest fountain in the world. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. Now, no, wait, 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 wait. I can't argue with that. But uh, when I went to Chicago and we did, I've been to Chicago now a few times, and we took the tour, seeing that fountain. That was fabulous. It really was. But then there's the one in Rome. Um, ah. That, uh, Gosh, where you throw the coin over your shoulder, the good luck thing. Uh, forget its name, but that that's a fountain. The, the, the Europeans, I think, have a stranglehold on the best fountains. It's a good one in Chicago, really good one. I give you that. But uh, around Europe, yeah, pretty good fountains. Unless it's some naked Greek guy like 
peeing it out. That's the only way the fountain. Well, I think it, most of them are. They're not Greek. They're the Romans, but yes, most of them are. <laughs> but the Buckingham Fountain is better than that. <laughs> I don't need to see no. You want to see Zeus naked, peeing out the water? I don't need to see no naked concrete man peeing water out there. That's not. That's not. That's. I'd much rather see Buckingham Fountain. <laughs> Folks, moving can be stressful, but Black Tie Moving has the professionals, the experts to help you and make sure you take as much of the pro- or as, as much of the stress and worry out of the process as you possibly can. Going to make sure that your belongings, your things get where they're going without any issues, without any problems. They're going to make sure that uh, you are always kept up to date with what's going on. You get a moving concierge available 24-7. So any questions that come up during the process, they've got you've got somebody there to answer those questions. You call them. They'll work with you coming up with a plan, fitting both your needs and your budget, which is very important on both ends. And you'll get a no obligation quote up front so you know exactly what it's going to be before you agree to anything. 901-316-6196 is the number. 901-316-6196. Or go to blacktiemoving.com slash Memphis to get that personal no obligation quote from the moving professionals at Black Tie movie still to come brandon lang will join us at 905 he'll handicap the uh, nfl and college football landscape then we'll have 10 in a row the game show that has swept the nation but when we come back a little bit more on the situation with the stadiums no not on fountains what if they ever thought of tiger lane to have like maybe a giant tiger peeing on that fountain that's part of that fountain they've probably given it a thought (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, I wanted to talk a little bit more about what, what Laird had to say and the situation we are in in the city, and also something else that came out yesterday uh, that involves entertainment, let's just say, in the city of Memphis. We'll do that when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I've made no bones about it as far as the stadium issue. I know the importance of the Grizzlies. I'm not stupid. We, we could ill afford... To lose the Grizzlies. We have to do everything to make sure that they're happy. And I completely understand that. But I think the University of Memphis is extremely important too. And and I hate the fact because you can hear it in the voice of Laird Veach. They are frustrated. And I, I hate red tape. And I hate things lingering. And now you have the change of the administration. This is ridiculous. The state, they asked for 350 Jim Strickland, mayor, current mayor, about to be replaced by Mayor Paul Young. They asked, they got that money. Now things have been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed because the Grizzlies haven't figured out what they're going to do, which obviously, again, most important entity, but not the only entity. So it drives me crazy that here we are, with all the plans, and here's what it's going to look like, and here's when it's going to start, and we are in mid-October, and we still don't know anything more. And then, I'm kind of stretching a little bit here, you had the news yesterday of the 
Music Fest, Beale Street Music Festival. Not going to happen in 2024. Who knows if it'll happen in 25 or in the future. A staple of Memphis is not going to happen. The Barbecue Fest, I think, will be back, but it's not going to be at Tom Lee Park because of everything that went down with Tom Lee Park with the construction down there. And then they had the Barbecue Fest and ripped it all up. Can we do anything right? Can we get this right? I, I don't understand. This is a... The Music Fest has been a big part, a big part of Memphis and May and a big part of this community. And now, all of a sudden, it's going to be off, off off the schedule for 2024. That's not good to lose things that are a part of the fabric of the community. And what's not good is to have red tape and go round and round and round and round to figure out what's happening with the stadium issue. Not, not to mention, again, what... They're going through with the 901 FC, Redbirds, and Craig Unger, who's never even brought up anymore anyway, but they're sitting there going, you know, are we going to be able to have money to build a stadium to keep 901 FC? Into-? We don't even talk about that anymore, even though that was part of the original stadium issue and the concept of, of helping out four entities. Why are we having so many issues here? Why is it always hard here in this city? <laughs> well, I think there's probably a lot of layers of that, but... The the whole music, I, I, the, the the Tom Lee Park thing is drives me insane. It's I will never ever ever in the life of me understand the thought process they had behind this whole Tom Lee Park as if that's going to just suddenly draw a bunch of people here. It's not, um, and you ruin. I mean, I I would guess. I'm just guessing that Music Fest is the biggest event this city has as far as bringing people to town. Hard to argue. I, I would guess that, and you've you've possibly done away with it forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbecue Fest is a huge money making event for downtown. Um, that's no longer downtown. It's. Uh, because we wanted to put some trees and plants in a damn park that nobody's going to go to. And they just keep sinking money into something that is never, ever going to work. I just don't believe it's ever going to work to for any purpose whatsoever. So that's, that's all. I, I hated that from the day they announced it. I never understood it. Still don't understand it. And they'll never possibly explain it uh, to me. The other stuff, when you're, when you're talking about dividing up five, six hundred, whatever million dollars, and again, you're these are you get one time shots at this when you're you're renovating a stadium. You get one shot at it. You don't want to screw it up. So you're trying to again because you got to make sure you satisfy the Grizzlies because you can't lose them. So you got to make sure this and that you get one shot at that to make sure everything's right on their end. And then you're only getting one shot at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. So it's there's there's a lot to be figured out and. The bottom line is, I don't, you know, they don't, right now, they don't have enough money to do both of them with where your construction costs and everything else have gone. They don't have enough money to do what they want for both of them. So you have to figure out the give and take to try and meet it in the middle where either you find more money or you have to satisfy both sides with not enough money. And that's hard to do. Well, the question is when they first went to the state, were they thinking, that eh, we, we don't want to be too greedy. And if we ask for more, maybe we'll be denied. 
Because when you think about it, with those projects, especially what it's going to cost at FedEx Forum, especially with the cost of labor, material since COVID, 350 is a drop in the bucket. Because now we're talking about all these taxes and bonds and things that will have to be thrown in. I mean, you still have to get approval from Congress. You still got to get approval from the council. You still got to get state approval on certain things. You got to get approval from the Grizzlies as far as the ticket situation. If you're doing things like that to, to find extra revenue to pay for this stuff. But I wonder if we undermined what the value was of what we would need from the state and went a little bit too low as far as that's concerned. Number two, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm, you know, finally the council, yeah, yeah, we'll take your 350. <laughs> of course you're going to take it. But, I mean, they finally voted on that to be able to accept the 350. But I wonder, again, if they went if they went lowball because they were worried they weren't going to get anything. It was all or nothing. I, I don't understand that because when you look at these projects, I don't know how that even maybe 350 was not a total number they thought. They thought that we can do this and then we're going to do other things with taxes and bonds. I don't know. But, well, that's what was announced. That's what the mayor announced originally. Yeah, was. but I, what what I'm saying is maybe I would have shot for the moon there and went for $500 million or $750 well, again, million from I, the state. And again, I don't know this. I just assume because of the way politics work, I under, I would guess that they asked for the number they knew they could get. Yeah, and, and that's, and, and that's and, probably right. And, and I'm not knocking getting, yeah. And knew they weren't getting more. And I'm not knocking them. That's, that's probably what happened. But if it wasn't the case, you know, again— then you go, eh, you know, maybe you, you undersold it a little bit. But now, since that money was allocated by the state and they got the, the approval, you sit and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And again, I, I, I understand the importance of the Grizzlies. There's no question about it. God forbid you lost an NBA team. God forbid they went to Nashville, for goodness sakes. They have everything. But the University of Memphis, who, of course, are a... Um, a tenant at FedEx Forum, we understand that, and a tenant at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Neither one's their own stadium, but we know the importance of that stadium. We know the importance of the university, and so they got to sit and they got to wait and they got to wait and they got to wait and they throw out those uh, those beautiful videos and pictures of what it's going to look like, and you know that seems now almost premature. Get everybody excited. It's going to happen one day. There's going to be renovations, but. Will it happen on the timeline that, that Laird and the university wants? I, I don't know now. I think it's almost going to be impossible with a changing of the guard with the mayor. Uh, I guess there's some councilmen that'll be different, councilwomen that'll be different. I'm not sure I didn't follow the election too closely other than the mayoral race. And they have to decide on things, again, with these taxes and bonds. And so there's a lot of hoops they got to still jump through. And you just think, there's, there's no way this is going to be on time. And as Laird said, his quote, a delay on the stadium could cost the University of Memphis years of revenue. And that's the one thing you don't want to see is Memphis, which already has a hard time financially with the situation they're in, to be behind the eight ball as far as losing revenue when they can gain that revenue from that new refurbished beautiful stadium. Again, they're not looking for a new, not new stadium, excuse me, refurbished stadium. So it's a it's big pain in the rear for a lot of people. There is no question about it. All right. Two hours in the books, one hour to go before we get our weekend started. We'll open up talking with Brandon Lang as he is the uh, handicapper with a flair. If you haven't heard Brandon, stay tuned. He'll be talking some NFL. He'll be talking some college football. Then we'll do 10 in a row, the game show that has swept the nation. Maybe your last opportunity, depending on how you respond to 10 in a row. Is that a threat? It is. 
This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 at 98.5 FM.